down in front. Disembodied ears. Welcome to Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel will take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. We have Ruth, Shelly, Eric, Rod, and me, Takia. This round, we are discussing my movie, which was The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Um, this, was, this movie was about a girl named Cameron who's having a relationship with her girlfriend, Coley, a secret relationship. Okay. Um, one night they are in the car going at it, and her their boy her boyfriend yeah. catches um her and Coley in the car, which sets off this this major firestorm. He has he outs her and Coley to the family and um their families and um Cameron's uh, aunt and her whole family sends her to a gay conversion um therapy center uh, uh, it's called god was called god's promise and um yeah it's a, it's a christian gay conversion therapy center located in a rural part of the um the woodsy area okay kind of away from everything away from um city life and all and um this is run by a brother and sister team uh the sisters which is dr lydia marsh yeah she actually um converted her brother so he she turned him from gay rehabilitated him from being gay to straight okay and um throughout well throughout cameron's experience at this at this um gay conversion therapy center um she befriends two other disciples which, which is what all the teens are called there that are there to be fixed for being um almost having same-sex feelings they, they call it ss let's see SSF, SSA, same sex attraction. Yes, they, her, and these two, and these two other um, disciples, they begin to rebel through questioning the idea that being gay is evil and sinful. Okay, and after one of their fellow disciples attempts suicide by cu cutting his penis and um, pouring bleach on it, this is where this is kind of like the last final straw for Cameron and her friends. Yeah, they they believe that Doctor Lydia and her brother. Well, Reverend Rick, they're emotionally abusing them and all the teens there. Yeah, and then they are, they're kind of questioning whether or not they believe in God and um, the whole idea of being, you know, can, are my evil for having same-sex attraction? So while everyone else at the, at the, um, the center was, I guess, getting healed, getting therapy and getting healed, they felt differently. So they finally escaped from there. And that's where the story ends there. As you can see, the themes are, you know, can, can someone change homosexuality through conversion therapy? Um, also being a gay teen who may, not, may or may not be accepted by their family and friends. It's also kind of a, a, um, a theme there as well. Big, big themes there. Who was, the, the teens there were, um, they, went, they went from being accepted, I don't think many of them were accepted, but like different, they went to different um, issues and situations in their life where they were questioning their sexuality or hiding from their family or not. So I'm gonna open up to everyone. Um, I guess I'll start with 
I'm going by who's on my screen here. I'll start with you, Shelly, and we'll go from there. Who, who you give your thoughts on the movie and you know, what did you think about everything you saw? Go ahead. There were things I liked about the movie and then things I didn't like about the movie. Um, I really liked the character and uh, the, the three main characters in it. I liked the development of them and learning about their backstories. However, what I didn't like was that I didn't, I was a bit confused. I didn't, I wish they had done more at the beginning to kind of develop her character a bit more. I wanted to know more about that story. Like, you know, it kind of like jumped right into it and I wanted to know more background. I didn't, and I might've missed it, that, but I didn't, um, I didn't know her parents were dead or how they died and how she got to go to live with her aunt. Was it a like real Christian evangelical house? Like, that she grew up in, like what was her relationship with her parents like? They kind of touched on that when she was talking to the doctor where the doctor said like, your parents had some concerns about you, but they didn't really elaborate on that. So I kind of wanted to know more about like what her upbringing was, what her parents talked to her about like sexuality wise, to kind of know where she was coming from before she got to that camp because it touched a little bit on her relationship developing with Coley, but um, I didn't I didn't get enough background on that end. And then at the very end, I wanted to know where were they going? What was their plan? Were they running away from everybody? Were they just, what were they going to do next? Those, I'm trying to think of what my other initial thoughts were. I think that was the main the two the main things that bothered me i wanted to know more at the beginning and more at the end okay thank you shelly um next to my my cue boxes here is fahad go ahead thank you um so overall i mean i i enjoyed the film for the most part um i agree with shelly in that i there were things where i just felt like i wanted more uh so for example with this subject matter there's a lot of very touchy subjects and they touched on them. I don't feel like they went far enough or really showed the real truth that can happen at a lot of these places. Like, for example, her roommate, you know, acting like, oh, I have a crush on him. You know, she didn't really have a crush on that guy, but they didn't play into that more than her just saying that. Then her kissing Cam and obviously showing that it didn't work, but they didn't touch on it beyond that and really showing where they go with that story. The kid self-mutilating himself you know, they touched on it, they did that bit, but they didn't really go be, beyond <laughs> that. Yeah, they didn't really go beyond that to really show what, like, his struggles for getting there. But also, that's not the worst that happens. These kids kill themselves at these places. Like, there's a lot of bad stuff that happens. Um, they touched on the uh, minister or whatever, having gone through this himself. You know, it was his sister, and he went through this therapy. Um, I'm saying obviously, but the stuff, you can't get converted into one way or the other. So it didn't work on him, but they didn't go there enough. So I felt like they touched on all these things that you hear about, but they didn't go there enough with, at least for how I felt like the, I feel like these places in real life are a lot worse than how they might've been depicted here. Um, and I wish that they had gone to that extreme with it to really show you how bad it can really be for these kids. Cause even when the guy was there asking Cam questions about the place, like, you know, she's like, well, how, you know, how do you feel about them and something? And she told the truth. Like they aren't 
hurting her. They aren't doing these horrible things, but she doesn't trust them. But, like, I feel like in real life, these places do a lot of bad things to them. Like, I'm sure they put them in self-isolation. They do all these things, and I'm like, they didn't touch on that. They didn't touch on the fact that, okay, let's convert these people to being straight by locking them up in bedrooms with the same sex that they're attracted to. Like, this is the perfect place for these kids to go, you know? Yeah, exactly. like that would be heaven for them, you know. But um, and I'm sure they would say, "Oh, but their parents would never let us put him in the room with the opposite sex." And it's like, I don't know. Those parents yeah. would probably say, "Sure," but you know, you can't have it both ways. Either you want them yeah. to be <laughs> with one or the other. Yeah. So I, I I wanted this film to touch on a lot of those things more seriously and more in depth and really show you how things are. I felt this was not glamorized at all. Not at all, but I just felt like it was a little on the surface. It didn't really go into how these kids really feel and the struggles they really deal with. You know, oh, I I don't like this place. It's bad. I'm just going to run away. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not really that easy. Um, so that's one thing that I ha- issue I had with it. The second is like Shelly was saying, especially with the end, like I was like, wait, they're in a truck, they're leaving. And then all of a sudden the credits come up and I'm like, wait, what? The movie's over? I was... <laughs> I was kind of left like, oh, um, and um, I agree when I heard like her parents died, I was like, oh, okay. So, um, you know, like all those things. But one thing I did appreciate with the three main characters is that they all, well, we don't know enough about Cam's backstory, not this Cam, the other Cam in the movie, Cam's backstory uh, with her parents to see what her life used to be like. But I think like her aunt is a more extreme person probably than her parents were but the other two main characters like her two friends were similar right like the girl grew up in a hippie commune but then her mom married this evangelical guy who completely turned her world upside down and got rid of her sent her to this camp and then the native american kid he his father got into politics and decided in order to do that you know he needs to become evangelical and all and shipped his kid off. So it's like these poor kids grew up in these, especially those two, grew up in these worlds where these things were a little more accepted. And all of a sudden, they were thrown into a world where it's not accepted and they just got shipped away because they're bad. Like, I, I also, felt gr- bad. I was going to say that also uh, goes to, to their point, I think, that uh, both kids are suffering from the selfishness of their own parents. It's the parents yep. that suddenly, because they want something else in their life, either political career or the new husband to be happy, are torturing their kids unnecessarily. Exactly. Whereas, and so it's like, it's not even about the kid, is it? It's about you. Yep. Something oh, sorry, else that, that I thought was um, kind of random, the fact that she had a prosthetic leg. I didn't pick up on it until she was eating the candy out of it. I, I knew that there was oh. something because I quite paying attention i guess i missed that part in the um beginning when she said what happened oh car accident i didn't know what she was talking about uh, and oh, then yeah. getting candy or some or wrapping papers or i don't know what out of her prosthetic leg and i thought oh that's what they were talking about but then yeah. it kind of didn't go anywhere into the story so i thought what was the that's point of it, that yeah and that's how i felt like they yeah they did all these different things but didn't really go in in one area to really just show you the what's really going on. I noticed her leg when she first appeared and took the Polaroid picture. When she backed up, I noticed that she had a fake leg. Uh, I didn't. Um, I didn't catch that. But it's it's true yeah. to Shelly's, It's true to what Shelly's saying though is that um, 
I don't, I didn't see the point either. I, I didn't know, like, unless well, I guess just the movie was just being uh, diverse by, you know, having somebody with a disability um, on camera, which is fine, I guess. Um, and maybe it, maybe we all need to live in a world where we're not wondering, is there a point to that? We're just saying, oh, cool. You know, <laughs> maybe, although I'm sure that actress, oh, I, I don't know for sure, but she probably, she probably isn't disabled, right? I don't know. I Maybe you should look that. it up. I don't know if you remember yeah. her, but she's in Loki, Fahad. I don't remember her in Loki. She's just like a, one of those faceless TVA uh, people. Oh, okay. uh, she's actually the one in the grocery store that uh, she's in the head space. Oh, with, that's her. With Sylvie. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's just how I felt overall with this movie. There was something else I was going to say, but I, I can't remember it now. Sorry. Um, oh, but the guy, he was... Um, What's uh what is uh transgender transgender or, or, or having feeling feeling that he was a woman? You guys, did you guys catch the name in the woods and um? It was the, the two spirits thing. Yeah, but I didn't know that was code, a code or representation of that. Oh, he I don't. Pants. I don't think he was transgender. No. I mean, he, he felt like he was a woman in a, in a woman's body. Like, no. So like, no. It, 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 the Native American kid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, two-spirited two doesn't mean transgender. It is just kind of what Native Americans have called gay people because they okay. often like, you know, it's like cro a cross-gender thing. I mean, I, I'm not transgendered, but I'm relatively feminine <laughs> at times. And so that's just the, that's how the Native Americans have oh, labeled yeah. that concept of a person, but they revere it. And so that poor kid, suddenly his dad gets into politics and just throws all that good culture out the window for <laughs> for the sake of votes. Well, thank you for explaining that. Cause I was like, is he, is that just a, a, a cultural thing indicating that he's in a woman's body? That, that's what, you know, being transgender, you, you, you're, you feel like you're the opposite gender. So I, that's why I was. I did, I did wonder if that other boy, the boy that hurt himself, if he might have technically been transgendered only because he made a comment about how his, his father sent him there because he was too feminine. And then he injures himself by, you know, cutting his own penis. Um, it, it could have been taken both ways. It, it, one could be that he's transgendered and he just wanted to get, he wanted to get rid of his penis. A lot of transgendered people who they have a very difficult time with their genitalia and, um, but the other option could just be that he was upset that he kept getting excited about boys, you know, <laughs> aroused by boys. That's, he, that's what I was thinking. thinking I, thought, yeah. I thought he was just, was just simple. He was just effeminate, like, like a, an effeminate gay, you know, and, and is that infuriated his dad, basically. He wasn't that feminine, which is what's upsetting. I um, thought it was, he was, um, he was getting back at his dad. You want to see mm -hmm. me as feminine? Here's what I'm going to do. I mean, mm -hmm. it could, I than any of these they did things. a flashback where he was trying to he, he almost crossed his leg he he uncrossed him like like because it, it, it's a it's an instinct he has because i guess he's you know being effeminate and then he he uncrossed his legs when he saw his dad was sitting there like whoa okay i gotta be a mate you know and that that makes me so mad too because if you go back just a few decades all men cross their legs like that <laughs> i think yeah. i Seen business like been in meetings with men and they've crossed their lives. I didn't think yeah, it's just it yeah. used to be a totally normal thing. And yeah. I don't know, the last couple of decades or maybe forty years, suddenly it's like it's not manly enough. It's like oh come on. He also, <laughs> but his dad also suspected that he was gay anyway. Because sometimes you can see you can see 
you know, and, and in children, I've seen it in children and they've gotten older and, oh, and I figured that he was, you know, swinging that, that way. And, and maybe he, he knew that his dad may have known something, but he would, may have mapped it out yet. So he was trying to, you know, not, he's trying to hide himself and not be effeminate. I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of also another theory there as to why. Sure. I did a few things like that when I was younger. I'm sure. Yeah. You just kind of, you try to tone it down so that nobody calls you out. Yeah. That's also, <laughs> I'm sorry. So, Fahad, were you done? I'm sorry. Are you, were you still going? Ben, I can't remember what else I was going to say. Oh, it'll come to you. Eric, you're next to my cue box. Cool. Uh, well, I enjoyed the movie. I, I would agree with people that it um, may not have gone very deep into some of the issues. Um, and maybe that's just because it was just the story of one girl's sort of journey through this. But uh, I, I had a very difficult time watching it. I have a very, very difficult time with uh, movies uh, based on religion. Uh, I just finally watched Midnight Mass and I had a very hard time through, uh, throughout a lot of that too, even though I really, really liked it. I really <laughs> liked that series a lot, but I, there were so many times where I'm just like, I'm so angry and frustrated. Uh, and so it's very difficult for me to watch these kinds of things. Um, and especially situations where people are trying to impose their values on other people and insisting that they know better when they don't know anything. And they usually have other motives and it's, it's emotionally abusive. And so so I had a lot of problems while watching it. I was even worried at one point in the middle of it that I, I was like, what kind of movie am I watching? Cause it almost seemed like Cameron Post was about to, I don't know why I'm using her, her full name but it's almost seemed like she was about to buy into the whole situation at the camp. And I was like, oh, please don't go here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thankful that uh, that did not last very long. It was a little blip um, I feel like most movies like that, they would have directed those scenes, making it very clear that she she was obviously just misguided in that middle part and confused and was starting to drink the Kool-Aid. But uh, I guess just something about the way this one was scripted and directed in those scenes, it seemed like it might actually, they might actually be, she might be taking it seriously and the movie might want us to take it seriously. And so, um, but luckily she, she flips and... Um, <laughs> and uh, gets back, she realizes that, you know, that uh, they, they aren't helping her and they're not helping anyone. Um, I did want to say that, I heard you say earlier, Takia, uh, other people were there being healed, but those three decided that they weren't, weren't being, so they left. I don't think anyone at that place was being healed. I just want to say like flat out, no one was being helped there. It, yeah. Even the people who thought they were or or wanted to be there, not just because their parents wanted them to, but they wanted to be there. That's just, unfortunately, they're, they've been deluded and brainwashed. And that's, that's almost the saddest thing is that they left behind a bunch of people who are going to continue trying to push this on themselves and allow themselves to be, you know, pushed uh like that and uh who knows how long it will last this poor the poor rick guy is a good example i don't know how old he was supposed to be i'm guessing like mid-20s maybe uh maybe oh, maybe even 30 and his sister was a little bit older oh yeah. yeah um obviously uh but you know he's you know well behind the curve he's he's not anywhere near accepting himself or moving on from this and i've seen documentaries about um well, you know, there's a, a documentary on Netflix right now called Pray the Gay Away, and they interview a lot of people who say that they spent a good chunk of their lives trying to do this. Mm. And eventually, including 
usually it's like the leaders of these kinds of places at given enough time are the ones who get caught and end up leaving it behind and starting their real lives, so. which must be very embarrassing for these places who are trying to insist that they can help people and that there's a right way to be there. I have a lot to say about different scenes. Um, just what's just uh, going off of what's what I've heard people say already. Um, that last, that final scene, I thought was pretty funny. I, I didn't think it ended abruptly, uh, although they did like sort of stay on that scene, stick on that scene for quite a while, them in the back of the truck. It, it ended up reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you've seen The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. I did. I love that movie. I, one, of the, one of the best scenes of that movie is the very final scene, and it's been parodied many times, but where they, they run away together and they seem really happy and they're laughing and, and they get on the bus and then they go all the way to the back and then they sit down and then the camera just stays on them and their sort of excitement and adrenaline fades and their faces sort of sort of yeah. fade a little bit and you can tell that they're realizing that you know the romantic gesture yeah that's fun that's exciting you know being with somebody that you want to be with but what do you do now like you you have to have a real life and do you have any idea what you're going to do about it you don't <laughs> um, and i'm sure the kids are like well, leaving was the right thing to do, but we have absolutely no idea what yeah. we're going to do next. I hope they figure it out if they, you know, if they stuck with each other and supported each other, I think that they can make it work somewhere. They're obviously not going back to their families, yeah. which they probably shouldn't. I mean, I think that was a very brave move. They, they, they were the only people at the camp who realized these people are not actually trying to help me. And my family, even though I've asked them to, are not going to accept me and bring me back from this place so i'm just gonna have to make my own way so i'll, I'll leave it there for now and you can go on <laughs> i have a question do yeah. you think that they weren't do you think that they thought they were doing the right thing or do you think the doctor so you said that they weren't helping anyone which i agree they weren't helping them but do you think they thought they were like they thought they were doing the right and they i think they thought right? they this did. is what we have to do yeah I think in a twisted, maybe, maybe in a very twisted way, very twisted delusional way, they may have thought they were doing something good, but, but, you know, the whole time I could, I, you know, her brother, Rick, you could tell, like, he was probably living an okay life. And then he got caught and shamed by his family, by his sister, uh, other members of his church or something. And he got bullied into this whole thing. And in, in order to make other people happy, especially his sister, who we can, I think, all agree was a very controlling and severe person. Mm -hmm. In order to make her happy, he just totally subjugated himself. Uh, and he clearly was not happy. Like, he was, like, faking it every single second. She was like Beverly on Midnight Mass. <laughs> yes, she was, yep. she was Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> she we can talk was. about it now, because I've seen it. <laughs> Well, well he, he has not seen it. I need right. to watch it. Oh, shit. And Ruth, Ruth has not seen it. Well, that okay. doesn't ruin anything for it. Fahad, did you recognize her, though? Oh. Ruth? No, I'm, I'm sure you recognize Ruth. From, you know, <laughs> I, high school. <laughs> uh, uh, no, the, the woman the doctor? I looked up her IMDb, but it's I'm, I can't remember right now. She's the, the, the main character, the sick woman in St. Maud. Oh, really? Just funny because it's the opposite of this character. The lady who, like, the, the woman that Maude went to look after. Really? Yeah. That's her. Huh. It's confusing, I guess, because she has hair in this and they don't really. Yeah. yeah. 
I guess now that you said it, I can see it. I can, I can see it now. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but going back to your question, though, about do you think these people feel they're doing the right thing? I think in a lot of instances where people are doing bad, they think they're doing the right thing. Uh, take, yeah. you know, religion out of it. Like, you know, go to the most – everybody goes to the most extreme example, which is Nazis. The Nazis thought they were doing the right thing, that they have to cleanse the world of all this stuff. And so in their minds, they're doing the right thing. So, you know, I think in a lot of places like where people go and, um, you know, sometimes murderers feel like they're doing the right thing, like they need to kill this person. So I know those are extremes, but I just feel like that's in everybody's mind. They think they're doing the right thing. So I do think that this uh, the the school, I'm putting it in quotes because the way they actually teach the children, you know, it's like, oh, what grade were you in? 11th grade. Oh, I think we have one of those books somewhere here. You know, it's like they just are told to like read these books and that's how you learn. You read this textbook for your grade and I'm just going to walk around and make sure you're reading it. Um, But they think they're doing God's work. They think they're doing the right thing in their minds. Um, And because in their minds, that's what needs to be done. They said God does, makes no mistakes. It's the sin that's making the mistakes for these kids, um, which I always find interesting when people say things like that. It's like, if God makes no mistakes, then these poor kids, they are, they're not mistakes. God intended them to be this way. Well, um, those people, people would say, because God intended them to overcome it as a rite right. of passage. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I want to which means that God thinks you're more special than you, teachers and minister people here so he chose them to be in this test so you just need to be nicer to them but anyway so sorry i just wanted to add my thoughts on that Fine. back back to you Takia. i was saying um eric you don't your thought uh yeah for now yeah i'll say we, we i think this would garner a lot of interesting discussions out of this so um we'll get to ruth now you're my last one in my queue here that's me okay um i was gonna say um i did like the movie of course there are certain things that i didn't like it about it um i also thought i wish i kind of knew more about her parents because maybe they were very religious but maybe they were open to her you know being able to understand and so she could know herself and not make make her feel like she was a horrible person or let herself figure out that she's gay or whatever you know or bi or or whatnot um i also kind of wanted to figure out with uh cam and the girl what's her name coley or something coley Coley. that um kind of i know it kind of showed how they started to get together um i guess you know they're curious watching whatever that video was but um i kind of wanted to know more about them how long they had kind of been together and if they were just like how if they were really in love and they just had to hide who they were or um and when she got the letter was it more of herself or was it something she was told by her family being like you know I can't be with you because of you know how my family's treating me or you know you know really just wondering if she really loved her back and then if they would have had really a chance to have a relationship um I think that's true I think I think she felt um, scared and pressured that they got caught. So she decided to, first of all, she's the one that turned her in, which is really upsetting. And then second of all, she, she wrote that letter kind of just trying to convince herself, oh, this was just a phase and you took advantage and, and I have to leave you behind. And that, sadly, that's a lot of people do that when they are too young. But they, they flashed back once and showed 
Coley is the one that started it, you know? She was kind of putting out like there about like saying, you know, such and such and how Cam was like, yeah, I didn't know that was going to happen. She was like, yeah, yeah. you did. And exactly. um, well, she then put her foot on her, on yes. her foot. It kind of, she kind of started the uh, flirting yeah. a little bit and then Cam was like, okay, well, I'm going to kiss her. <laughs> Cat or whatever. Um, how, how did she, t- who did she tell? She told the boyfriend, she told her mother, someone. I know that she probably Holy was the one, but who did she tell? And did she tell the boyfriend to come to the car? Like, I don't, I was cu- curious how that worked oh, out. I don't, I don't think she told the boyfriend. Her? I don't know. I think the boyfriend just found them accidentally. I think Coley told, oh. probably told, Coley probably told her parents who told Cam's parents. Her aunt. Or okay. yeah, yeah. Was it? Because I couldn't figure that out. Did they say aunt early on? Or aunt? <laughs> no, <laughs> confusing i thought it was her, I thought it was her sister or her aunt but, I thought I thought it was her but, then, but then i looked up the actress and the actress is like 48 or 49 years old really she looks good, she looks good. Yeah, yeah when i first saw her i thought um i thought she was like yeah like late 20s early 30s I thought that was like her single i thought she had a single mom i thought for some reason oh that's her mom she doesn't she's a single mom well it oh. made me hate coley to for her to get that letter I thought this is why would she write? Uh, uh, why would she write that? But I guess I mean I I figure that it was her parent, her way of getting out of it. Yeah. But the way that um, Cam talked about her, she was like, "Oh, she's perfect. Anyone would be lucky to have her as a friend." And I thought, well, she wasn't even a good friend, let alone person that you, you know, love. That's how insidious this kind of shaming is. I mean, even apparently the perfect girl, you know, a wonderful person to everybody, she suddenly gets shamed and feels embarrassed because of who she's attracted to. And she becomes a monster to try to hide it and do what people want. And it, yeah. that's upsetting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then I know she lives with her aunt. I don't know if they, I can't remember if it's her, if the aunt is like her brother or her mom I guess I mean not mom or sister I guess it doesn't really matter but um sounds like if they were both religious that she obviously went to the extreme and I guess she really just bought into this hoping that was going to help her and either she thought that she was doing the right thing or is that also the fact that she didn't want to deal with it herself kind of thing was what I was kind of curious about and one thing is that going along to get along yeah one thing is that I'm not that religious but it's just like they take the christianity to the extreme to where it like is really bad and then i'm like well it sucks they didn't really show the good sides of it too i guess in the same sense um <laughs> i don't be- i don't believe in good sides to religion sorry <laughs> well you know to be perfectly I blunt i i have very very bad attitude about it well <clears throat> everyone has you know their right to what they believe but i just um yeah, like I, when I went to a bap, the Baptist school at Campbell, there were very like, well, we called them like Bible beaters. There were people that were just to the whole extreme where, I, I mean, I'm cool with people being very, really religious, but then you have some people to the point where they were doing it to the kids, like they were brainwashing them to the point to where they were thought they're, yeah, how they thought they were getting better. But then the one girl, I guess she was just she wanted to get better cam's roommate so i guess like y'all are saying was it just a persona for the whole thing because clearly she's still attracted to women um i don't know if it was either she was just heard her in her dream or if she was like actually 
into her too you know what I mean like liked her I think that if you're told that you're bad what you are who you are is bad you know if that 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 she was like what is she going to do you know like you're shipped away to this place and you're kept away basically forever they keep extending your stay over and over and over so I think it just became a point to a point where she just what was she gonna do you know the roommate yeah the roommate yeah I mean obviously the roommate I mean, this, this doesn't, this never works on anybody. So no matter what the roommate said, like, oh, I have a crush on that boy, or I'm devoted to this program, she's still going to be attracted to girls. And that proves oh, right. that, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wasn't saying that she was getting, I just thought that she was beaten to the point where she had to say that. Oh, no, I thought what that Ruth might have been say. asking you know what I mean? that. Well, kind of a little bit of both i would say but no yeah. i mean there's there's it, it doesn't work in any way so it, i mean she's a fictional character but it definitely doesn't didn't work on her I, yeah. I think that she was doing the same thing which doesn't bode well for her but she was doing the same thing i think that the um i forget what his name was the kid that hurt himself because he was clearly like their their prime student like he did everything right they thought like he's the leader and he was going to get to go home soon in fact but he was working so hard that when he, when his father rejected his request to go home, he just lost it. He was like, but I've been doing all this just for you to agree to let me come home. Not because any of it worked, not because he really felt he, because if it really was doing anything for anybody, you would say, okay, well, that's fine. I like being here. I like doing this program work. Uh, I'm happy to hang out with these friends. No, he just wanted to put this behind him and, to lie as much as he possibly could and pretend so that he could get out of there. And then they wouldn't let him. So he hurt himself. She's probably going to do the same thing, which is sad. Dad's theme. Yeah. You could tell that he wanted to be, uh, well, even just being rejected by his dad, basically it's basically rejection. So, yeah. I mean, these kids are in the same, same kind of situations as a lot of people elsewhere, you know, people who are in abusive domestic violence kind of relationships, people who have been kidnapped, you know, like, when you're told something over and over again, or quote unquote brainwashed to believe certain things, you believe it. Like people in domestic abuse relationships feel like sometimes it's their fault that they're being abused, you know, because they're told they're worthless. They're told they're like this and, you know, and and they're not obviously, but they feel like they're the person that's in the wrong for it because they've just been beaten down mentally, you know, to think that this is what it is. People who are kidnapped, you know, they have the whole syndrome out there where they actually, uh, you know, oh, align with their kidnappers. So, yeah, exactly. Where, you know, they feel like they look at them as like they're the good people, you know, and they like the people who kidnap them. Um, and it's because they've been mentally, uh, I don't want to say abused, but it's a mental abuse. Like it's brainwashing. It's telling them this thing over and over. And if you're told the same thing over and over and over again, you're going to start believing it, even though deep down inside, it's not what's going on. So these kids, you know, like for her roommate, it's told this thing over and over. Who knows how long she's been there? But obviously, like, you know, in her iceberg, you know, liking sports leads to the gender confusion. Yet she still has the posters up on her wall. Like, and the first thing she asks is like, Oh, do you like the, I forgot what the sports team was, but do you like them? Do you like the footballer? Yeah. And it's like, first I was a little surprised that they let her put those posters up there. 
considering that led to her gender confusion. But still, she's told these things, and she's now at the point where she wants to believe it so hard herself that she's spewing the same things they're telling her. So, like, when she saw Cam steal the cassette tape, she's like, oh, but we need to tell them, you know, your sin, blah, 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 blah. But obviously, deep down inside, she couldn't change herself because that's not how this works. She still had those feelings for girls and it. She let it all out, which is why I said earlier, like this movie, I wanted them to go in more on that part of all of this, that these kids are being brainwashed to feel this way. And obviously it's not working because it didn't work on their prize student who wants to report all her friends for sinning. You know, like it didn't even work on her, but they didn't take that further. But, they should have made it a horror movie, right? Like uh, <laughs> real, like dark, like torturous, you know. I don't know if it needed to be like the next installment of Hostel or something, but <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm just saying though, is like, you know, I don't know where people fall and on how this stuff works, but you can't change them. Like these kids that are there can't be changed. It's not something to just tell them, oh, if you believe hard enough, you'll change. It's inside their DNA, their biology. Like this is how they are. You know, if it was so easy to change all these religious people like this the minister there would easily change it but you can see he's struggling with it and you know he wanted to start crying with cam and um you know i wanted them to follow up on that more too to just show that these people aren't changing as much as they say they are and that's what the reality of all of this is and they're Um, not happy and they're not and they're pretending like the girl is pretending everything's great these people are great i'm great i've changed my life is going to be better that's not what happened with her. Um, they always so, have a, they always have a, a debate for you though when you say oh but but the kids aren't happy they would say oh of course they're not happy right now because they're struggling and it's a, it's a spiritual yeah. problem yeah. they will be happy later once we fix them that's what they would say to you they have an just like Bev Keen in Midnight Mass they have an answer for everything and it's really hard to argue with it you know the whole God works in mysterious ways things Cam said that to Rick. She was annoyed. She was like, that's just, it's this catch all thing that people like you just throw at people to explain something when you don't actually know what you're talking about or have anything useful to say about it. You just say, oh, well, God works in mysterious ways. Okay, fine. Then there's no argument against that, right? Once you've said that, apparently the argument's finished. Um, So yeah, I mean, it it really pisses me off the, the stuff that you were talking about earlier when she was, you know, saying like, oh, well, sports is, makes, makes you gender confused if you're a girl. And you, you could tell she was really pissed at Adam's long hair. She kept trying to make him pull it back. And she eventually shaved it off because from her point of view, having long hair on a boy makes him feel like a girl. And that confuses him. It's like, of course it doesn't. It has nothing to do with your sexual attraction. Nobody who played sports as a girl or grew their hair long as a boy, like suddenly didn't know like what they were attracted to. Like, oh, maybe I, you know, it doesn't work that way. And what's really upsetting and pisses me off is that she, I don't know if you caught it, but that woman, the director of this camp, she, she was apparently a psychiatrist or a psychologist, one of the two. Terrible. And I hate when that happens. Like somebody who seems to have credentials starts saying crap like this. If she was any good at her job though, she would know that there's no way long hair makes a boy confused about his gender. And so she's obviously not very good, but, and this has happened in real life. Like one of the most famous pray away the gay uh, or gay conversion therapy uh, organizations was led by a psy- psychologist. So as soon as you have, they, they love to point to that and say, look, this like this, you know, 
accredited, you know, degreed psychologist is saying this is like, but that doesn't mean he knows what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Rant over. <laughs> oh, and I was also well, going gonna... to uh, just real quick, the fact that they have all these kids and they're homosexual, I figured something like that was going to happen. Someone's going to hook up with somebody or something like that at one point. Uh, <laughs> well, I was just going to say like the, the, these kids that are there should make the point to them. Like what if like, we told you to stop being straight. Can you easily just all of a sudden become gay? Like, it's not, you know, like, people aren't willing to put themselves in other people's places to just understand, like, if, like, how hard it is to tell somebody don't be gay, it's just as hard then to tell somebody don't be straight. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to add, I mean, I don't know if anyone else, well, the three of us who've had to go through this have any stories, but uh, when I, when my dad first found out um, the very next morning, um, you know, I come into the kitchen and he's there on his own. And of course, it's very tense. It's a very weird moment because <laughs> uh, he only found out the night before. But uh, we had this brief conversation so that the rest of the family couldn't hear. And, and one of the things he said was, um, well, have you ever tried to be with a girl or to be, be straight? And I said, well, have you ever tried to be with a guy? And he was like, I mean, he didn't know what to, he didn't have anything to say to that. And it's like, yeah, well, I think how do you know you wouldn't enjoy having sex with a guy? It's like, I think I think he understood, like, I know the exact same way you do. I don't need to explore or figure it out. You just know. I'm just happy the kids finally got the courage to leave and to feel like they could actually try to live their lives. And the girls were trying to help the Native American boy be able to try to start talking to guys and stuff and stuff like that too. So guy on the motorcycle yeah <laughs> pull my finger that was hysterical say something sexy pull my finger <laughs> i mean i wonder if the kids ad-lib that because that is just the funniest thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um oh sorry going going back to her roommate though not only the posters but her haircut you know she has yeah. this short hair so in the whole vein of like the boy needing to cut his hair to look more masculine I'm surprised that, she, I, mean, I know it's harder to grow hair like that, but I'm surprised they didn't say like, you know, put it behind a nice bow or something to feminize her more. Um, it's kind of interesting how they didn't harp on that. And I don't know if it was just a, a plot hole or something. Was, that was Jojo Siwa around back then? <laughs> Stuck with the biggest bow ever on your head and say, oh, yeah. okay. What was that other girl that she was like, oh, I'm not trying to say anything, but so-and-so is like butch and she had long hair. That was her roommate. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm saying. But, I, like, I know this is going to sound mean, was. but she's kind of butch, isn't she? It's sad. It's, it's like, and I, I, I immediately, I'm sure we all thought the same thing. We were like, she's butch? Come on, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like, I don't, nah, not really, no. <laughs> yeah, that girl was not butch necessarily. No. <laughs> she actually looked like every single girl I ever knew in church. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I still want, I want to go back to though, like, the people that run this place and the parents, they know that their children have these urges. And I'm going to harp on this again, though. Yet they're still fine with them rooming with somebody of the same sex. Like, I would think that they should actually test these kids by letting them room with somebody of the opposite sex and then cheer on if something happens because that's what they want. <laughs> you graduate if you get pregnant. <laughs> like, they should be upset if nothing happens. <laughs> you're going to be a mom, you're going to be a dad. Go on a hike because hiking is gender neutral, which was really oh, walking. Yeah, I, I think yeah, everyone walks, <laughs> but they didn't have to, they could go and 
same-sex couples or uh, you know they did they weren't chaperoning that that's how they could run away that was weird that was a little strange yeah i thought that weird too that they didn't have that control and see that's why i was going back to like i wish that they didn't show this place as something that's not so extreme if they were making a movie on this make something to show like what it's like i don't think they would allow same-sex people walking out into the woods on their own and or marijuana plants and yeah what they were not supervising anything they could go to these concerts to well, that, that, well they took them to that concert like right but like, um summer camp i, I think that yeah. i think that might have been part of the point that uh the point that they were making that these people did not really know what they were doing or they oh, would yeah. have probably monitored them more <laughs> and of course that's why they let a kid hurt himself because they're not paying attention or they're not really concerned about their well-being just about fixing them i thought it was and again maybe i missed uh, when she got up and she went into the bathroom and she saw that blood i thought it was going to be her um roommate that was so upset about their hookup situation that she had hurt herself so i was it was came i was did i miss that i was surprised i missed did i miss something did we know uh, I was waiting for someone else to talk about it. I was gonna say I was confused. Know that it was, what was his name? Nick or Matthew? Mark? Um, John? <laughs> uh, see, I, I, I figured it was him. I didn't I was confused. Okay. I think it was uh-huh. him, but I was confused too. Well, because I know walked in and found the blood, but then later they said Adam found him, and I was like, well. She found it. What did she do? She found the blood. Like they didn't. I don't think they wanted. I think they were hiding like some of that to. So, or, but she didn't find him. She just found the blood. So Adam might have found him first and they got him out quickly. And she just saw the blood before they cleaned it up. Screamed. That's like, weird. Oh my God. You would he cut his penis off. But it depends on how far it is because she was walking Four a bit. But I felt like with the. Ed- yeah. Well, I felt like with the editing, that's how I knew it was him, though. With the editing, they showed him freaking out in uh, um, the group, the circle group thing that they have. And she's like, you know, he's like going crazy. And they were kind of slicing it a bit with her walking down the hall. Yeah, that's how I figured, like, oh, no. I thought she was going to walk in and see him hanging because that's yeah. what I assume happens there. Maybe it's maybe South Park is coloring my I, idea of what really happens. I thought maybe someone slipped their wrist. So I thought she was having her period for a second. I thought, is that some crazy Carrie moment that she didn't realize what was happening? I, I think this uh, this also goes to my point earlier about how um, part of the weird thing about this movie is that it, it's all focused on Cameron. So for that reason, they don't show Adam finding the body. They instead show a scene confusingly where Cam finds a bunch of blood and then finds out what happened. Because it's it's always like how this is happening to her. I kind of would have preferred maybe if it was more of an ensemble cast kind of situation where every now and then yeah. we followed some of the other characters doing their own thing and having their own experiences. Uh, and she was just our introduction to coming to the camp or something. But instead, every scene is just her and what she's feeling and experiencing. And the other people are sort of satellites. It's interesting how they, they wouldn't say what happened. It was very, I, I reverted my mind back to Captain Fantastic where they wouldn't describe what happened to the mom. Remember that scene at the table? So that made um, me think that that scene, well, well same thing at the, the, the conversion, the conversion yeah, center true. when they that he, well, uh, yeah, sliced his wiener, you know, they wouldn't, they, they, they were trying to be PC about it. And, and, and Cameron was like, why are you trying to 
hide this. Tell us. We be honest. We, we, we're not. We're not five. We're not children. You know. We're not. You know. They so, didn't want to admit that he hurt himself because then yeah, they yeah. admit that they are failing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is probably also what happened. Yeah. They put a bunch of euphemisms on it, like, "Oh, what a tragic thing! Something, an accident has happened." Yeah. Wow. But that's remind me of the, the Captain Fantastic scene. So. And, yeah. uh, what kind of razor i'm sorry i'm but is the they're like he didn't even shave and he's like well i did but i can't how much can you do a lot of damage with like was it like a straight razor like a like who has those anymore my uh, homer homer has a a thing a a razor where he puts the blades in so you can take a blade out and do do damage so true yeah so that's i think what they're talking about yeah I guess it's irresponsible for them to let them have those in their yeah. See, they're delusional to think that no one would want to hurt themselves here. That the that the kids are are just all looking for their guidance and they want to be better. And you know, some of them are very confused about why you're telling them they're terrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was what I mentioned. My little opening thing. You know, you know be, the idea of being different. Or, being homosexual is, you know, as a sin. Like they're, they're, you know, the question, Cameron and her friends questioned that. Like, like, well, why is this a sin? Like, why, why am I? I really not- hated that in the beginning. Yeah. I thought, um, I yeah. thought it was very upsetting the way the the camp, uh, and even like the family and, and and things like that. They they started by telling these teenagers, just kids, that they are there is pure evil inside them, and they need to be really scared because what they do right now at fifteen or sixteen will ruin the rest of their lives. I mean, that is an incredible amount of pressure and it's not necessary for a child. And then made them, when they get to the camp, make the kid sign a contract. That is that is really, really inappropriate. The kid has no idea, I mean, what they're signing and they shouldn't be asked to sign something like that. It's, they're, they're trying to pretend like it's the kid's decision to be there. It is not though, you know, somebody put them there. That person can sign a contract if they want, but the kid shouldn't be beholden to anything. Yeah. So yeah, it was like way too much uh, judgment and fire and brimstone and legal binding, you know, crap. So do you all want to know what my favorite scene of the movie was? What's that? Yeah. When they were all in the kitchen cleaning up and singing uh, Four Non Blondes, What's Up? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was cute. That <laughs> yeah. was a really fun scene. I really enjoyed that. I was like, oh. There's a lesbian true fun. line because Linda Perry, who's the lead singer of Four Non Blondes, is a lesbian. She's married yeah. to Sarah Gilbert from uh, Roseanne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also later when they go to that concert, you know, that band who's supposed to be a Christian band, they got the big cross behind them and the, everyone's like, yeah. oh, Jesus. That band is actually a lesbian band <laughs> from New York, I think. Um, <laughs> they're not Christian whatsoever. They're very, frankly, some, I looked them up later. Some of their music is a little, a little dirty, in fact, so. Uh, but they had them come in to pretend to be that band for that moment. <laughs> well, they um, sounded good. I didn't huh? pay attention to the lyrics, but they sounded good. Um, but sad fact, Eric, sad fact, not a fun fact, sad fact. Um, Linda Perry and Sarah Gilbert uh, divorced two oh. years ago. Really? It's like uh, Melissa Etheridge and Julie Seifer all over again. I can't mm-hmm. handle this. <laughs> I thought oh. that the, the black girl from um, in the movie... Or maybe she, might, she actually might have been mixed or something, but she looked like four non blondes. She um, did. Yeah, I thought exactly like her. They did the same dreads, everything. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of like that actress. I mean, I've only seen her a couple times, but I don't know. Something about her is very intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, like- clarification: legally separated. They legally separated two years ago, not divorced, but legal separation. 
Hmm. Sorry, Sally, go on. I was, I'm just um, uh, confirming that she has two legs in real life, that actress. Oh, you looked it up? No, I'm asking. Oh, I have no. Oh, I thought you were confirming. I was like, oh. No, oh. I just yeah. wanted to know if she really had two. I didn't know. I was just, I'm going back to that. I want to know what, what that choice was. I'm going to look, look it up. It up. I, I'm looking it up. You all continue. All right. Well, I was looking it up. Cool. I like when daddy does things, so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's oh, where she can hide her harvest. <laughs> well, well. Um, like when Fall was talking about his favorite scene, anyone else have a favorite scene? Um, I had a couple that I thought were really great. <laughs> uh, one was, I don't know if you recognized her, Fahad, but uh, in a very, very bit role, Marin Ireland, uh, Marin Ireland was in this movie. She was the pretty blonde teacher. Oh, such a tiny uh, role, but she, we know her from the dark and the wit. The what? He, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't remember his name. Who, who, Nick? No, not Nick. The, Rick? the Lydia's the brother. Rick. Rick. His name was Rick. Oh, yeah, Rick. His, that was his supposed girlfriend. Oh, was it? That's oh, what she said. Yeah, yeah oh, they God. were, they, yeah, Shelly's right. That was his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, should we know her from The Dark and the Wicked? If you remember that, Fahad. Oh, yeah. Their brother yeah. and sister go back to see their mom at the farmhouse, but things are not right. Um, really great in that. But she's also in, um, Umbrella Academy on Netflix in season two. And she's in a relationship with now Elliot Page on that show. Oh, wow. So she already has some lesbian cred uh, because it was Ellen Page at the time. Uh, so I thought it was really funny that scene where it turns out to be a dream sequence and Marin Ireland, Marin Ireland just starts making out with Cameron Post. <laughs> if, and I thought, so I thought that was funny. I also thought when they're in the bookstore looking at the books, there is one book on the shelf that is turned to face outward and it just says cults. <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> exactly. I didn't notice that one. Um, oh, I love when her mother or her, her aunt, I guess, or aunt or sister, we haven't determined, but when her aunt or sister, uh, they confiscate the cassette tape and she says, where did you get this? And she says, Columbia house. <laughs> oh, because I'm sure we all did the, you know, six for a penny or whatever, <laughs> uh, and then got hooked into the subscription. Oh, yeah. Get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely did. I loved, I loved Columbia House. I love looking through that catalog and picking stuff out. Um, and then I really oh, liked- I was so upset. It was the breeders. And then they, the, the aunt <laughs> looks at her like, how could you? <laughs> Is that a controversial band? Oh, maybe a little bit. The name is certainly controversial, but uh, you probably know their song Cannonball, but the the name definitely sounds bad. But I like what she said. It's like, I don't think they're singing about uh, praising the Lord. And it was like, no, (laughs) they're not. So Um, just go ahead. I was going to say, just to answer Shelly's question, it looks like she's got two legs. Yeah. This is from a few years ago, though. But this was a picture of her, Sasha Lane, I think was her name. Yeah. Okay. Sasha Lane with her then boyfriend, Shia LaBeouf. Whoa. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but that was back when she described herself as bisexual. She now describes herself as of 2020 as lesbian. Huh. So it was like a random. According to Wikipedia. Movie choice for her to not have a leg. That. Yeah, I guess so. For real. Unless, unless something happened in the last five years. So let me see. 
Um, while he's doing that, another scene, another bit I really liked, it was like, these, this is kind of like another Easter egg, like the Colts book, but when they're in the truck at the end, so they're just riding in the back of the truck. If you look at the back of the truck cab, there's a sticker that says Clinton Gore. I saw that. <laughs> because this takes place in 1993. So it was kind of like the film saying a new era has begun where things are going to get a lot easier for these people. Because by the end of the 90s, these camps were outlawed. Uh, gay conversion therapy is not allowed. And, uh, and also it was the, you know, the, the Clinton, you know, during the Clinton administration, they had like, don't ask, don't tell, which is not great now, but at the time it was a little bit of progress and people were becoming more accepting. So I thought that that's really funny. And that's a nice little nod to the time period that they were heading into. Uh, and then another favorite part, just for me personally, was when that uh, allegedly butch girl <laughs> got to mm -hmm. sing at karaoke. She sang my like favorite Celine Dion song when I was a kid. Where do where does my heart beat now? Oh yeah, yeah. And I was, as soon as it started, I was like, oh my gosh, it really feels like the early nineties now. Yes, <laughs> I was really into that. Was also, she wasn't as good a singer as they claimed she would be. Well, she had to be a somewhat of a good singer because she was in love with the girl in her choir. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I hated that. That's funny. I, I wanted to bring that up actually because uh, they had that whole conversation about saying, oh, so when I thought I was in love with this person, it was just, I wanted to be like them. Oh, that would make sense. I wasn't really in love with them. I was like, oh my gosh, bullshit. But it reminded me of my last girlfriend was in seventh grade and her name was Rachel and she was part of my friend group. And, it, and, it, and I thought she was really cool. And so I really wanted to be friends with her. And so uh, at one point, like we're all hanging out and you know how it worked in middle school, but just somebody comes up, one of your other friends comes up and says, Rachel wants to date. And you go, okay. And then you're suddenly dating. You know? like, they don't, you don't even ask each other. So, and that's exactly how it happened. So in, in that case, but with me and somebody from the opposite sex, that's what it was. Like, I just thought she was cool and I wanted to be her friend and I wanted to be like her. So when she wanted to date me, I said, yeah. <laughs> What they call what they call it going out. They kind of still do now, but yeah, yeah. In the, in the middle school term. But <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry uh, to keep going back on this. I'm just reading up on it. You just, so I, I believe that yes, the character is the one with the hollow leg, not the actress. Um, they asked in an interview with Chloe Grace Moretz and Sasha Lane about that leg, and they're like, yeah, it's just you know the character has a hollow leg, and they were saying how they love that. The movie just kind of glosses over it like yeah it's a thing and let's keep on going on doesn't um, she keep her weed in there that's what i was she thinking keeps her weed in there, yeah. that's really handy really handy yeah because because who's gonna search you and make you take off your leg people get very uncomfortable yeah. so she's pretty yeah. much golden wherever she goes yeah i want to give a Shelly, what did you say? I, I thought did she keep chocolate in there or was I just imagining that it looked like she pulled Reese's cups out of there I thought chocolate there's candy in there and there was weed in there I thought I think <laughs> she's got all kinds of stuff <laughs> I want to just fill it with booze and be like <laughs> yeah I want to go back to the mixtape thing but my favorite scene was where, where she was trying to she was going to steal the tape and then put it back when she saw the girl was looking at her and um yeah she, she came to her. She wanted to confess to the the, the doctors about that, and the, the doctor and, his, and her um her brother, and um yeah. Then the guy came over and was like, "Okay, you you were about to do this. Well, you put it back. I think you know you you know you did what you're supposed to do. It's okay. We don't even need to tell them." So that got me wondering, did he steal something? As to why 
he wasn't he he didn't think he he was you know trying to make it like you know it's it's okay she she didn't do it so i thought about that for a minute too i thought about that too but then i thought also is that he didn't he was another way he was still trying to be like i'm not buying into their complete bullshit and realizing people still are human and make mistakes and but she did do the right thing and put it back i guess yeah i I agree with that he was being a good person right then yeah i think was trying to be good too and have her confess you know to get close to god to god and everything and to to, to confess her sins and everything so um that was an interesting scene there yeah and then i liked all the 90s references like they were out in the woods and she was drinking the little uh the little kool-aid and the little um thing yeah i was like oh i remember drinking those back in the 90s and um yeah just seeing the mixtapes and and um yeah, I, I like I like the then some of the the fashion, the clothing. I like I like the nineties references. That was kind of fun for me too. But yeah, yeah the, uh, the tape was my favorite scene. That that, that was that was. Funny to, go, to go back to that scene though, the, the reason I have a problem with what the girl did is the same reason I have a problem with the entire camp, is that mm-hmm. it sets up this scenario where people think that it's their responsibility to 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 snitch on other people and to control their lives, and it's like it it's not really your business and you know other people make mistakes and and that's their business and like trying to impose your own morality on people and force them to to behave certain ways she was doing the same thing the camp was doing and it's i don't know i don't like it yeah Mm -hmm. i forgot my other favorite scene is when her roommate was telling her like who the people are in the lunchroom and then she points to jane is like oh that's jane fonda and Cam is like looking at her like what? And she's like, then she realizes slowly like, oh, it might be a fake name. <laughs> but she was saying it at first like how you know and Jane Fonda like yeah like yeah. same kind of name. <laughs> but just to see her face as if she's realizing like, oh, she might have just made that up. Yeah. I really like that. Too. <laughs> I also thought it was funny when they're going over that too, and the the girl that she's the black girl she was friends with now kind of like licks her lips around <laughs> oh funny. yeah she, yeah she was great <laughs> uh to go to to play on that it's funny she called herself jane fonda because that makes me think of exercise tapes which makes me think of bless her size again might be my favorite part of the, this whole movie i want to know if that's a real thing if we can find that video we should look it up <laughs> i'll look it up but one of, one of my other favorite scenes was when she finally showed up to do that bluster size with her roommate. But they do this one move where they're they're doing their legs like this, and I was like, um, is this scissoring? <laughs> <laughs> they're technically scissoring together. <laughs> well, and then she called Cam calls her out, and she's like, oh, well, that lady's kind of hot, so that's probably why you're watching it, right? <laughs> it probably is her only like way to escape. See, that's the thing, like, when you start thinking that way, there's no, like, you could say, like, they say, oh, well, playing sports makes you confused, or doing the, it, literally everything, like, when they talked about their icebergs, uh, Jane Fonda was saying, uh, well, just, you can pretty much write anything you want on the iceberg and say, oh, well, this made me gay, because basically, the end result is literally everything in your life made you gay. Oh, your parents died when you were young, made you gay. Uh, you know, I'm surprised, you know, they, they, they could, she could put in her iceberg watching this bluster size video every week makes me gay because the women are wearing these really tight clothes on it. So I was thinking that too, you can't get away from any of it. And I, I like that, um, 
I think people said it earlier and I want to, I forgot to touch base on it, but I actually like the way you don't get a lot of story in the beginning. Um, because I like that they, for a change, they don't make a big deal out of the fact that she's in this relationship with a girl. They don't like show a whole bunch of scenes in the beginning where you see her like, oh, suddenly realizing she's into the girl and then coming to terms with it and then getting the relationship and then everyone comes down on her because it sort of makes it, it makes you realize like she was just living a regular life. She was just being herself. It's not a big deal, but other people made it a big deal and then sent her to this place and then asked her, oh, identify all the ways that your life failed you and turned you into this person. And you could see her saying like, well, there isn't anything. They even try to say, oh, well, you know, losing your parents when you're really young. And she's like, so, I mean, (laughs) it hasn't, I'm sad about it and it changed my life, but it's not turning me into a bad person. It's not like, not, I I really hate movies that try to like justify, you know, like, like, take like a superficial movie, like a superhero movie. And they like to be like, oh, the villain, the villain was abused when when they were a kid or this happened or that happened to them. And that's why they're this way. And I'm like, are you trying to make me feel bad for them who gives a crap what happened to them when they were young they still decided to be assholes when they were older so who who gives a crap bad things have happened to all kinds of people and they don't turn into murderers or assholes so and i so i get really annoyed with it a lot so i i I found it refreshing that they the movie wasn't trying to say oh there might be reasons why she's done this thing and it's like there's no reason she's she's just a human being um, and you're you're clutching at straws trying to find some reason for it, some insidious reason in her past. Wow, it's the second time you said insidious. Oh, don't count my words. <laughs> I'm only counting that word because, you know, the movie. I just think of that every time I hear the word. Um, so to answer the question, Blesser Size is real. Those are actually clips from a Blesser Size video. I'm on YouTube right what? now. I, oh. I will play this, but I, I, I will play this quickly, the intro. But oh Eric, you will probably have to cut this out because of copyright issues. Oh, sure, oh, sure. I didn't know that. I thought it completely made up the movie. Here. What are you doing? <laughs> what? No way. And look at that rainbow. <laughs> nope, there she is. That rainbow. See, it's her. It's her. I want to recast that video with Tammy Faye Baker as the blessing. Oh, oh I thought it looked like Blanche from the Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But yeah, so to answer the question, blesser size is real. Maybe one of these nights we should forego a podcast and uh, just do a blesser size session. We should. We can do the exercises. <laughs> Even as a Christian, I found that hilarious. That is the best name. For so awesome. The name itself, it's like, it's just so like bizarre. <laughs> oh, that was a good blesser size session I just did. I feel great. <laughs> do you feel blessed now? <laughs> I am a warrior. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Just go mm-hmm. get some leg warmers. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the full blesser size video, fun to, be, fun to Be Fit Program 1 and 2, is one hour and one minute. So you could make that one of our movies that we all have to watch and then come back and talk about. <laughs> I like how they bend their legs this way and then have to go this way. You know? They're flexible. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so I didn't expect this movie to get so explicit. I don't know if anyone else was a little surprised by the sort of sex scenes and including a little nudity. <laughs> um, I was surprised by that. I was too. 
I figured it, it could go either way because having seen a lot of Sundance movies, my sister and I are into really big in these movies. They, they, they can go either way with it. They'll get either explicit or or like uh, the other one, I think Ruth, that was your, the one that you showed Ruth. I think that was, might, might have been Sun, I think that was Sundance as well. They, they weren't, it wasn't explicit. So I, I, I'd see them go both ways. I think That's it was a Netflix like, movie. Okay. Okay. Now it's about the it's about the tone of the rest of the movie though, and the characters yeah. involved. Yeah. I was really surprised. I, I saw breasts, and then yeah. the whole scene between her and her roommate. I felt was very very intense. Yeah. I don't know if they needed to do it that way. I agreed mm-hmm. with their choice to show some very serious intimacy between the characters because it was important to show that they really were like into each other. This wasn't just like necessarily like and that it was a natural thing it wasn't just necessarily like a just you know oh there's no boy around so let's mess around you know it it was like like a compulsion to to be you know an attraction you can't get over and especially with her girlfriend in the beginning like they were like together together and but I don't think it had to go so far because it seemed a little off compared to the rest of the movie and it lasted a really long time yeah Yeah. I got a little uncomfortable (laughs) I was like how old is she? <laughs> yeah. Apparently in the book, she's only 12. Well, oh my oh. Obviously, she's, obviously she's older in the movie, but oh yeah. And so I don't know if those, are, those scenes are in the book, but. Wait, so the roommates did like each other, both equally like each other? Well. Because I didn't completely pick up on that. No, the roommate liked her, but I think they, I think they confirmed that Cam wasn't really into the roommate, but. Uh, I think she, she was just in she's years been years. there. She's just she just liked the physic physicality of it, I guess. Yeah, and she needed There's to a girl normal. there. She needed to feel normal again, right? Yeah. But I agree that that the nudity just didn't seem to fit with the tone of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where I mean, I still go back to it. I just don't feel like this movie knew exactly. And it's interesting that it's based on a book, but it's just I don't feel like it knew exactly where it wanted to go with certain things. Um, so that's why those two scenes, especially, they felt weird being in there. To your yeah. point, Shelly or Eric, whoever made it, it, it was a bit longer than probably it should have been. It's like, okay, you got the point. They're, they're hooking up right now. Um, but uh, it, it's like well, this I, isn't an episode of the L Word that I'm watching, you know. Um, it's supposed to be about I, something different. I would have shot it more romantically, just with some close-ups so you don't know exactly yeah. where the hands and stuff are but you know that they're really connecting physically, but you don't really need to, you know, and there doesn't need to be simulated orgasm or anything like that. It just, you know, a, a strong physical connection would have been fine, sort of obscured through direction. So that's what I would have done. Well, um, maybe yeah, next it time would we not do have made a... sense for 12, that's, tw- that's upsetting to hear that the book's a 12 year old. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. Wow. And, and who well, said, I would like to know in that story, I should I should have looked it up. I should have read a little more of it, but I, I don't know if it was a true story, if it was just made up, but I wonder, you know, if she was only 12, why did they send her to this place? What did, what did she do at 12? Uh, and, and also a 12 year does not understand what that's you're doing. pedophilia. <laughs> yeah. That's not even, even with another 12 year old. Well, yeah, because you, you can't consent until you're 15, right? Or six, depending on the state. Uh, but I mean, I guess twelve-year-olds kissing is one thing, but twelve-year-olds doing stuff, doing I mean, one, things. Yeah, one twelve-year-old can't get in trouble for 
sleeping with another 12 year old obviously but well no I'm not saying that I'm just saying that it, it just doesn't seem that weird but it's interesting that that's the age that they chose in the book though because mm. I mean kids at that age are even more susceptible to external factors influencing them and and that's yeah. and maybe that's what age they want to send them there then because they feel like we can really quote-unquote brainwash them you know at that age indoctrinate them into these beliefs which is sad though because their minds are still very fragile at that age mm-hmm. yeah trying to find oh here's the book i wanted to look it up oh god dang it i think in, in the book i might have seen in this interview when i was looking up to see if the girl's leg was actually there or not that in the book it might have been that cam and jane got together but then hearing that they're 12 i don't know what that actually means yeah i don't either maybe they didn't but it read that way in the interview that I was looking at briefly. It'll be interesting. I like to sometimes with movies that are based off of books, I like to Google then what are the some of the big differences between the movie and the books. Yeah. Um, it shows, there's usually some interesting differences and it makes you sometimes wonder why they decide to make some of those changes. In fact, while you all are talking, I will look some of those up and let you know. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But... Any parent who tries to send their kids to this is just pure evil, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pure evil. And they might think they're not evil, but they are. And a point I was going to make earlier is you can think that you're doing, like Fahad was saying, oh, ba- most bad people think they're doing the right thing. But I think a pretty good sign that you should take to heart is if you are clearly hurting other people by what you're doing, then you're not doing a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, unless you're you know if you put somebody in jail for murder uh which of course they don't like nobody likes wants to go to jail the difference is you're doing that because they did something much worse you know they hurt somebody much worse these kids aren't hurting anybody you know but they're being tortured by other people for who they are and so that should be your first clue that you're not doing the right thing and same thing with the Nazis, which, yeah, Fahad's absolutely right. Like, everyone goes there because it's the most extreme example. Basically, it's it's the one thing we most of us, not everybody, apparently, can agree is, is terrible and bad. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they might have thought that they were doing the right thing, but they were also hurting people. And they didn't care they were hurting people because the people weren't human to them, so... You know, everyone makes excuses, but it shouldn't be too hard to realize you're doing bad things. Mm-hmm. I forgot I when, you... I was, when I was, um, what I, I was thinking about when I was thinking about this movie and what you're saying. Okay, so um, Lydia thought that she was helping her brother or she thought that she cured him. So they were trying to help more people. But I kind of thought like, this is kind of like a vicious cycle. Did they grow up in a household that was, telling them how evil and wrong this was. And so she was trying to help her brother because she grew up hearing it and they grew up, you know what I mean? Like, so they were just keeping this cycle going instead. So they thought they were helping. Yeah, but I mean- I'm not saying that they are or that it was right, but they thought they were doing what they had learned was right. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I hope you agree with what I said earlier that uh, it doesn't matter what your background was. I mean, when you're an adult, you get to make your own decisions. So. She's old enough to say whatever. Right. How parents but how them. does she know that it's wrong? By how recognizing she, how, she's hurting people. <laughs> yes, but how does she know that? 
you know what I'm, you, if you have a strong background, if you grew up here, you don't, I don't think that you, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Like you don't automatically like one day realize that I, you're I, I think wrong. I'm picking up on it. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have a good answer for you. It's hard for me because it's just always been obvious to me. <laughs> I never struggled or can, or thought I was confused or question myself uh, no matter what anyone else said or what was on tv or anything it was just or what church said it was always just like mm, these people i don't know that they seem a bit confused or not quite right and so i mean but i still feel like i don't know when you, i still feel like when you reach a certain age she was quite a bit of an adult she's in her 30s somewhere maybe even older you've had plenty of time to sort of see other people and she's also a psychiatrist so how does she not learn like how real human sexuality works, how real human thought works, you know, the, the truth behind the way people are and how they behave. And instead, cho she chose to stay locked into whatever she had been taught. Uh, but I didn't want to do a strictly evangelical school where she learned that yeah. this, this is, you know, that that's what she learned. But a lot of us did, right? I didn't. Um, I didn't. Um, but, uh, I, I did want to say that there was a moment where I thought she might also be a lesbian, uh, and her extreme shame about herself may have been what affected her brother. And, you know, she may have forced that on him to be better. Cause I remember she walked in, in a lot of scenes, she was just in these terrible outfits that looked to me like a, a female costume, like like, just like she was treating everyone else, like, oh, boys shouldn't have long hair, girls shouldn't be into sports or be too butch. She had done the same thing to herself, sort of forcing herself to, to put, to be into this shape that very obviously didn't look very natural on her. Like, it, it didn't look like it was in her normal self. It was just a facade she was putting up because she believed she needed to be that person in order to be healthy. But I don't know, like they didn't touch on that at all, but it just seemed unnatural to me, her behavior or her, her presentation of herself. Like she was trying too hard, you know? That would have been interesting if they alluded to that a bit more. Um, because my whole thing of, I just wanted them to really go there with a lot of these things. Yeah. Yeah. So I was reading a little bit about the book versus the movie. I couldn't really find anything actually about the book versus the movie, but I read a little thing about the book that, when we were trying to figure out like what could her upbringing have been, it didn't sound like her parents were like super conservative religious. It's just that she felt shame in them potentially finding out. So when her parents died in the car crash, her first feeling was actually relief that they won't know that just a few hours earlier she was kissing a girl. Um, but then she moved with her ultra moved in with her to answer our earlier question, she moved in with her ultra conservative aunt. Aunt, but aunt, well, so not I know sister. you're just reading it. Are you sure it wasn't an aunt? Shush. <laughs> um, it might have been, but uh, yeah. In the in the book, she also had a conservative grandmother that lived with her them as well. We saw her briefly. Remember sitting on the couch, yeah. the like reddish hair. I and she looked, I don't she looked really a, remember. She looked very mean. She's in the cast list as grandma, but. She's not, just, oh, okay. she's just there for a blip. They didn't pick up on that much. Play up she on looked that really much. severe. Like, uh, it's probably her influence on the entire family that has perpetuated this kind of bullcrap. Well, I also was wondering, the girl he played, um, I forgot what the guy's name was, that was converted, like, the head of the whole thing. Um, Rick. Reverend Rick. 
that played his girlfriend and uh how did he meet her how did she play in the picture or was she a lesbian before too suppose or whatever you could probably met at this camp yeah (laughs) he literally took the first woman that was around him (laughs) because when you're not attracted to women who gives a crap which one you decide to fake a relationship with (laughs) (laughs) i get very sad when i see these you know, like the, I've watched a lot of documentaries on this stuff and read articles and I get very sad when I see these couples where it's like a very clearly gay man and a very clearly lesbian woman who are like, we found love after 10 years of struggling with our sexuality, but now we're in a very happy marriage and it's, we've been together for like three years or more or something. And it's like, oh my gosh, but, but we all know the truth. You are not happy. No. And give it a little time and this is going to probably crash and burn. Uh, and then you'll have to explain yourself after making this damn video where you claimed this thing worked for you. It's just, it must be so embarrassing. Yeah. But there's also a movie starring James Franco and Zachary Quinto, or is it Quinto? I've never known, uh, where it's based on a true story about, uh, I think it was a, I can't remember how it goes, but it was a two gay men that, that get into a relationship and it lasts for a long time. And I think one of them like used to be in an ex-gay camp, but then they have this amazing relationship. But then that guy goes back to a camp and decides he's straight again. And and the and I haven't watched that movie, but because I'm a little afraid to watch it, because that's very upsetting to me that somebody would like finally be living their best life and then decide to go back into that crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, what's it called? Holding Michael or something, I don't know. Anyway, if you want to look up more on the subject, you can watch those movies I mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the Netflix documentary you mentioned. Pray Away. I think there's one on lo- the Love and Action Ministry, too. The episode of South Park. The episode of South Park. Watch that. It's actually, I mean. I was just going to say, just to say, as ridiculous as people might think to watch South Park to see how something is, oftentimes, yeah, even though they do things comedically and as a parody, Oftentimes, some of the stuff they touch on is actually very real, like the Scientology episode, what they said about Scientology, that disclaimer at the bottom, that this is really what they believe, that's really what they believe. This episode shows some of the extremeness of these types of camps, which is what I was hoping this movie would touch on. I was going to say the same thing, that um, I I know a lot of people, like especially my my mom, she's like, oh, South Park, that's stupid. I'm like, if you really watched it, it's actually not. Um, like they, they, of course they do the potty humor and they get really gross and and offensive, but behind it, it's very, it's always very intelligent. Like they always have something very smart to say about what's going on. And, and that episode definitely does too. (laughs) Plus it's a butters episode and he's the Mm. best character. So cute. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's called I am Michael. Okay. (laughs) Is the, uh, the, no, the name of the movie, the Zachary Quinto, James Franco movie. Gotcha. Ooh, and Charlie Carver. Oh, wow. Is he like his 20s now? I'm sure. Mid 20s. How old is he? He was born in 88. Ooh, so he's in his I was, 30s. I was eight. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> saw, I saw it first time with Desperate Hot. No, cheaper by the dozen. That's where he started. They started out as him as twin brother. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, anyone else saying or comments or anything about the movie? Looking at my notes, is there anything else to say? Oh, another movie to suggest, but this reminded me a lot of a movie that was came on at Netflix recently with Natalie Dyer from Stranger Things. And I think it, it was called? called Yes, God, Yes. 
and I think it's uh, it's not gay though. I think, but it's very similar. I think it's just about a girl who um, has some sort of experience, and they decide that she's that she's um, sinful, so they send her to a camp to to become more holy. And and her experiences are similar. She's 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 questioning everyone around her, and she's like, I don't understand why everyone has such a problem, and they they won't let her phone home and stuff like that. And so she tries to. Yeah, so it's it, there's a lot of similar stuff going on, but it's a it's a little more funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but ironically, she there's a the moment the moment where she has sort of her aha uh, scene is where she she stumbles into a bar after running away from the bar uh, running away from the camp, and she runs into a lesbian who tells her about her experiences growing up Christian too, and. And she, they realize they have a lot in common and they can relate. And so she figures stuff out, but it's a cute movie. Very similar. Another similar one is I'm almost, I almost wondered did they take the kind of the whole idea from there and just put into this kind of updated version of the movie. Um, I think 1999 with Natasha Lyonne, but I'm a cheerleader. I love that movie. I haven't yeah. only seen a little bit of it. A, a, a conversion therapy. Yeah. conversion and she fell in love with chloe 70 yeah and and the and the um the facility is run by rupaul but out of drag oh i remember that uh with i think kathy moriarty as his like second in command and, and yeah clea duvall um i love that movie it's it's very yeah. very campy but yeah it's, it's kind of the same thing 1999 i think it was like 9899 one of those yeah. oh, no 2000 i think it was actually 2000 yeah i remember getting a blockbuster so I, think 90, I, I think 99 is right. You know, things used to, at that time, things took like a year to come out on video. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kids don't know. Kids don't know. We had to wait so long. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the struggle was real, was real back then. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now it comes straight on, like into theaters and on demand at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it started with COVID. That's what's it was interesting. Like, like that before then, how long did it come? Was until they came to Netflix pre-COVID. I, I actually can't remember that now. Well, well that's would still come on like, DVD come like on within a couple like of months. Eight though. weeks or so, six weeks. Yeah. Now be the movie theater and Netflix. Like, what? <laughs> I wonder if it's going to be a new thing now. I think we'll keep that now, I, I, even after COVID kind of becomes more like a flu. Like, like you know, you know, if, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's going to still be a thing. You know? I think no. I think movie theaters will become like a niche market for mm. like it'll come on anyway not yeah. important. Mm. i like smaller theaters they're cute mm-hmm. it's like uh, fun well now that we've gone over what we all thought about the movie it is time for recast <laughs> recast is a game where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era living or dead to portray a character in the film instead it doesn't mean that the actor or actress did a bad job playing the part. It's just if we thought somebody looked like somebody else or they would add a different flavor to the movie, it would be fun to see them in it instead. Um, so that's what we are going to do. So we'll go ahead and just go in the order I see everybody on the screen. And if uh, I guess I'm going first because I see me on the screen first again. Um, so for my recast, I chose the psychiatrist, the doctor. What's her name? Uh, no, Lydia Marsh. What is it? Lydia Marsh. Yeah, Lydia. 
Um, with I'm going to recast her with Julianne Moore. Um, I feel like Julianne Moore has a bit of that. She has the same kind of look, and I feel like she can have that harshness there, um, which I think would be a fun change for some of the roles I've seen her play. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing her playing like somebody you really hate and has that hardness to her. Um, but I think she could do that role. So that's my recast. I was going to say, I think she would have taken the role too, because she's done a few movies like that, where she's either played lesbian or it's in support of it, you know, like Far From uh, yeah. Heaven and um, Free Held with Elliot Page. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. So Julianne Moore. Um, so next on my list is Shelly. Ooh, yay. All right. So I recast Jane. I recast her with Zoe Kravitz. I kept thinking about her every time. Ooh, that's cool. Ooh. Uh, yep. was looking, I, she reminded me of her. But I love I love Zoe Kravitz. I can see that. I definitely there was a resemblance. I could tell that too, yeah. yeah. Um, Eric. <gasps> I am actually gonna recast Cam, the lead character, uh, with Joey King. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think they have a similar, like, uh, cutesy sort of innocence. Um, but I've seen Joey King do some explicit things as well. So, uh, <laughs> so I think she could would have played it very similarly, um, and maybe even even seemed a little more vulnerable in the role. So, Eric, you're not yet ready to cast McKenna Grace in that role. No, no, too innocent. <laughs> uh, I don't want to see her do yeah the the explicit stuff yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm ready for that, and I, I don't think I ever will be. <laughs> um, moving on to Takia. I chose recast Lydia Marsh with Sarah Paulson. She is oh. the oh. ultimate, like, she's done it all. She was uh, a doctor, quite a doctor of some kind, a psychologist or something, and quite a few of the American Horror Story. Or prove me wrong, <laughs> right? She was a journalist in one, I think. Um, she was the she was Nurse Ratchet in Ratchet. Yeah, no, yeah, Ratchet would be a good comparison, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah, that role. She's yeah. also she's also a real life lesbian. So. Yeah, yeah. So I saw that same stern face of this woman who I I'd actually never seen her before, but I I, I like her. She, I like her. You know, I never really seen her in anything else. At least unless I, she was in something that I didn't mm-hmm. know. Would Takia like Saint Maud? I'm not sure. I, think I don't know. It, I don't think it was as I I know with the trailers they made it seem like it's not supernatural, but I felt like it was going to be a little more horror than it actually was. I saw it with you guys or something. I thought I saw it with you. Did you? Maybe. Oh, you did see it, Maud. So you've seen her. Yeah, and we, and we weren't really like it wasn't that scary or something. We thought it'd be a it lot wasn't more scary. scary. It was yeah. a slow burn kind of movie, you know. So yeah. she was odd? The, no, she was she was the woman who was sick. In, in bed oh. all day that mod was taken care of. Oh, okay. Imagine her with the head wrap on. Yes. So, yeah, was she I, a lesbian in that? Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. She was, yeah. yeah. That she would invite that um, prostitute over a lot, right? Yeah. Oh, I remember now. Okay. That's coming back to me. Like Celine Dion's. Oh. Yeah. So, that's see, they, Lydia. I will say that's a good thing about this Cameron Post movie is they tried to get people with a little cred, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sarah Paulson, I, I see her toying toy the. Um, yeah, knocking that role of the of the the the, the strict yeah the doctor. So yeah, all right, Ruth. Um, so there's actually another movie I've seen before. I don't know if y'all have. Uh, called Loving Annabelle, and Aaron Kelly is in it, and she's plays a lesbian in it, but she's 
not as as innocent i guess but she's still like young but she still reminds me of that they're both um strong people but she's willing to question authority still and kind of have questioning kind of you know like a strong person kind of something like that i thought she might be good too you might you want her as cameron post yeah or to kind of see how that would play out i feel yeah sounds good yeah um so any other final thoughts before we move on to the ratings (laughs) did i (laughs) i thought i did (laughs) (laughs) now it's gone Oh, crap. Yeah, I, I still can't remember what I wanted to say an hour and a half ago. Oh. Um, well, I, <laughs> I did want to say. Remember. I did want to say I, I I liked the end, like the way they filmed it. Because um, at first you don't know what's going on. You're like, what's this weird scene with them sitting there eating uh, cereal? And they're very calm and they're going to go on a hike. But then you realize pretty quickly once they leave that they are leaving, leaving, and they're not coming back. And the guy doesn't even know because he's so clueless. And I, I remember thinking, <laughs> oh, they, what they're saying with these scenes is these three people are the strongest people at the facility and they've kind of, they've graduated from it. Like the people who run it may think that there's a certain way to graduate from the facility, but these three people actually are graduating from it because they've all finally admitted, we don't need this nonsense. We're, we're good with ourselves. We're happy with ourselves. We're going to just walk away. And I thought that was really beautiful. So so with that, we'll go ahead and move to the ratings portion of this podcast. Yes, so as everybody do. knows, we give a rating from zero to five. Uh, quarters are allowed. So you can do 2.75, 3.5, 1.25 if you want. Um, everybody enter it into the chat window and give a thumbs up like Eric's already doing because he's already gotten his rating. Uh, and I will tell you all when to hit enter. So I see Shelly, Eric, Ruth are already. Takiya's entering her rating in now. Okay, everybody's ready. So when I get to zero, on zero, hit enter. Three, two, one, zero. I liked it. Okay, so Shelly, uh, give me one second and I will get out the calculator. All right, there you go. The math is hard for us to do here. Shelly and I had the same rating this time. Shelly and I were harsh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Shelly, go ahead and read to me. All right, 2.75, 3.25, 4, 2.75, and 3. 3.15. Ooh. I, Not too bad. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. When, when you said, um, when, you, when you just said, let me talk correctly without stuttering. <laughs> when you just said oh Shelly and I are the same I remember that we used to be the same a few times I was like oh no it's switching and then I realized I wanted to apologize to Shelly earlier <laughs> I mean I shouldn't apologize because it's a discussion but I feel like every time we have these discussions I'm always disagreeing with you on stuff That's I keep having to be like well I don't believe that and <laughs> and it just okay. I, I feel bad but obviously I have to share my opinion too so <laughs> Of course. Yeah. I don't take it personally. I have, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I was worried. Well, it's like, it's like the view and the talk. You need people of differing opinions sometimes. Yeah. Um, but not to scream at each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The moment that happens, I'm hitting end meeting. Um, so, uh, yeah, 3.15, not too bad. Uh, it's still a continued streak of three and above for everything we've watched. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead now. So 
the next movie that we're going to watch is Ruth's Choice. So I'll hand it over, Ruth, to let us uh, know what you've picked for us. Hi. Um, so I was originally going to go with one movie, but I decided that I wanted to do something different. Um, this movie, it's kind of a big <laughs> mouthful. It's called The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peels Pie potato peel pie society um it's a, it's on netflix <laughs> what, what? <laughs> the guernsey. googling that can you put that in the chat <laughs> yes let me copy and paste it it's, yes, a, please. it's a tongue twister <laughs> okay uh let me do here it is and what is it about um so this is on Netflix. This is a movie with Lily James in it. Um, she's in Cinderella. I think also maybe she's in Mamma Mia. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Um, she has also been on Downton Abbey and she's um, an actress I like and I love the Downton Abbey show and there are several char- several actors in there on the, from that show. Uh, basically, um, Guernsey was a part around world war ii that was occupied by germany uh, it's got kind of i would say like romantic but also um drama to a degree as far as talking about the stuff that had been going on with germany being here being there during the war too um and also kind of somewhat of warm and you get to know the characters really well okay sounds um, fun and it's on netflix yes good easy easy peasy yeah, like- yeah, yeah. easy peasy lemon squeezy <laughs> is this our first period piece oh that's exciting unless you count jennifer's body where they make a period joke i don't know Ruth. also just could you also just text us the name of the movie <laughs> yes it's quite a <laughs> it's a lot to say yeah i'll i'll put it in the group chat thanks we need sure. uh, Takia to say this title in her uh, southern accent. Yeah, Takia. And then you can work on your British accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll do it next week. I don't, I, don't even have a, I don't have a title up now. Um, unless it's in the chat. Okay. In the chat. Got it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'll, I'll uh, text it in that and then, yeah. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I, I recognize her now, but I'm not used to seeing her uh, brown, brown hair. Yeah, she's she plays young Meryl Streep in Mamma Mia too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like I know her. Oh, is that, that, um, that's Harry Potter's mom. Oh, is she from the IT crowd? Oh. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I'm looking for her name here. Um, Catherine Parkinson. Yeah. Also from Humans. That's definitely her. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. We love her. Um, and the other lady, kind of in the middle the older lady she looks a funny face she's on downton abbey also um and then there's another actress that's oh. on the show too i know him. Um, which is actually him. one of the main girls from harlots if you know who that is um and she's Mm-mm. i haven't uh, watched it yeah i've seen him in a in, we saw him in haunting a blind manor he's um yeah he's a good actor too yeah i, I love him he's he's very handsome too is uh, that and i guess world war z <laughs> is that <laughs> Good question. Michael Huisman plays. Oh, if you hover over the names, it'll tell you. So he's Stephen Crane. Oh, that's so Hill House. He, he's oh, Hill the House. oldest brother grown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Hill House. But who was he in Bly Manor? 
You know, maybe when I clicked on it, oh, did it say Hill House? Oh, why did I read Bly Manor? Sorry, that's uh, my fault. I okay. read Bly Manor. Oh. Oops. Anyway, okay, go so back. Good go back to the, um, yeah. Oh, to Who's this? the older lady? Um, she was in Downton Abbey. She's plays, <laughs> huh? Is she in um, Afterlife? Have you ever, any of y'all ever watched that? Oh, that's not her. <laughs> uh, th this is the other girl that was in Downton Abbey. Um, I'm trying to think if I can remember what her name is. Is this her real name? There it is, right? Yeah, I like her. So she was in Shaun of the Dead, apparently. <laughs> oh my gosh. Woody Allen's match point. Uh, Marigold Hotel. I think. I oh, seen. yeah, yeah. I never got to see that, but it looked fun. There's a Doctor Who Christmas Invasion show. Whoa, in. that's one of the TV movies I just rated Doctor on Letterboxd. <laughs> Which one? This one? Oh, yeah. could you, that's those are the good ones, right? <laughs> the Tenant specials. <laughs> no, that wasn't a Tenant special though. That was just the. It was a Christmas. It was his first episode. Oh, so who's she in it? Let's see. Uh, Penelope Wilton is. Oh, she's Harriet oh, Jones. Jones. Oh my gosh. Wow, she's that's a big a deal. That's yeah. a big deal, you guys. Okay, so this has got an all-star cast. Nice yeah, job. Yeah, so they have a, it's got a lot of really I good acting, and um, I hope you guys enjoy it because I really but, like it. But go back to her because Shelly, you asked if she's in what? I didn't see it. Um, Afterlife. Oh. Is it a TV show? Because um uh, most TV Netflix? is not on here. Um okay. Penelope Some TV been, is, I'm not sure. Most is not. Before you guys go, did you guys think? We heard a miseducation of Cameron Post. Do you think of miseducation of Phil? Every single time. Every single time. But that was my really one of my favorite albums, like two of '98. So also reminds me of senior year of, of Stewart. So yeah. <laughs> I did now. I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterbox. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. You. Here's an no. exercise for you or for anybody. Yeah. Uh, do it. Do it one more time, but do it. Uh, do it in a funny voice. It. <laughs> like, do it. do it in a slightly funny voice. Like you're being goofy, you know. Okay. Sort of loosen yourself up, like icebreak yourself. I declare this this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterbox. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Thank you. That was, that was, yeah. That was more okay. natural. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear a voice. I thought you were going to be like Kermit the Frogger. I was like, there's her. There's her. There's her. Hey, Kermit. Can you add some hucks in there? Hyuk, hyuk, hyuk. Or you could have tried it like all like low and sultry or <gasps> scary like the Midnight Society, which is what it's a riff off of. Like, I declare, you know. <laughs> no, no, yeah, do it, do it uh, slow and sultry for us once. Just when I see I declare, I think, I declare. I declare. <laughs> I declare. <laughs> this episode of Old Fogies and Films included. <laughs> oh, darn tootin'. You can find us on Facebook. Oh, find us a later box. Get her down. Okay. Oh, try, try it the way, to try it the way Eric recommended. Try it slow and sultry. I, uh oh, I gotta charge myself pretty soon here. Um, uh, I, I, uh -oh. I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded.
Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our lists on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Ooh, is anyone else wet? <laughs> oh, I like God. that. <laughs> I might use that. Well, thank you. I want to hear you do it in that Southern voice you were doing, though. That sounded fun, too. I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. <laughs> I like how you said letterbox. 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 Something. <laughs> <laughs> it was just my own self. I'm like, Bleh. <laughs> Okay, I'm on my phone now. That's a little clearer. Um, How clear? And who would have thought? And <laughs> Thank you. You got my reference. <laughs> <laughs>